Radio.com presents stories of mystery and intrigue, espionage and suspense. Hear tales of ticking time bombs, mysterious crime scenes, and cloak and dagger action. This is Relic Radio Thrillers. Broadcasting Company invites you by transcription to join the chase. There is always the hunter and the hunted, the pursuer and the pursued. It may be the voice of authority or a race with death and destruction, the most relentless of the hunters. There are times when laughter is heard as counterpoint and moments when sheer terror is the theme. Always there is the chase. Welcome to Monte Carlo, sir. Are you looking for a guide? I know the principality well, sir. And for a small gratuity, I'll be happy to put my services at your disposal. The Prince's Palace? Why, of course, sir, a tour can be arranged. But visiting hours are from two to five, and uh, we have 30 minutes or so to wait... So let's sit here at this small cafe, with the warm sun in our faces and the good spring breeze in our lungs, and watch the passing parade. You ask if I'm British, sir? I know, although I was educated at Eton and Oxford. You see, actually, I'm a citizen of... Well, the name doesn't matter. Suffice to say, the kingdom is a small one. Did I say kingdom? Well, it's not a monarchy anymore. It was acquired, so to speak, by certain foreign interests some time ago, during the reign of His Royal Highness King Dano III. Your Majesty, sire, it's time to awake. It's you, Jerick. You interrupted a fascinating dream. I beg your pardon, sir. The most magnificent dream, Jerick. with ballet dancers. My abject apologies, sire. Think nothing of it, Jerick, my friend. What day is it? Tuesday. The time? 11.12, Your Majesty. And the weather? Cloudy, I'm afraid. Mm, too bad. What shall I wear today, Cherick? I was thinking of the grey pinstripe, sire. The suit you acquired on your visit to the United States. An excellent suggestion. And the accessories? A blue-figured tie would be attractive. It goes well with grey. Cherick, you're a genius. Thank you, sire. You're absolutely the most brilliant valet a king could have. And your English is always superb. I wish all my subjects were as quick with languages as you are. When you issued orders that English was to be the language spoken in the palace after your return from Oxford, Your Majesty, I hastened to please you as best I could. And you've done well, Cherick. Our own language is so archaic, so difficult to learn. We need a change in language. And I've always favoured English over French. Uh, sire, I must remind you and that I think you have... even newer innovations for my people, Cherick. Our educational processes are out of date. They must learn more about... About economics, for instance, and the principles of a democratic way of life. Of course, Your Majesty. But please, sire, I must remind you that you have an appointment. And when they've with... learned those principles well, Cherry, 
Well, did you say something about an appointment? General Cranick will be here at noon, sire. Oh, Cranick. He telephoned to the palace this morning, sire. He said it was most urgent. Urgent, eh? Uh, what does he want? Another decoration? <laughs> He's got so many on his chest right now, he can hardly walk. The general told me to tell you, sire, that his visit is in the nature of an emergency. And he demanded that you be ready to receive him on time. He demanded, did you say? He did, sire. Rather cheeky of him, wasn't it? It was, sire. You'd better be careful. Uh, Your Majesty, may I suggest that you hurry? There isn't much time. All right, Jake, let's get on with it. We'll see why Cranick is so impatient. General Cranick, my dear sir, was commander-in-chief of the army... But how he reached that eminent position, heaven only knows. It was my father, Dano II, who gave him his commission as a colonel. And by one intrigue or another, Cranick managed to push himself to the top. He was ambitious, I knew that very well. But I never realized how high a goal this opportunist had set for himself until I granted his interview in the throne room that day at noon. Come in, General. Come in. me. If you don't mind, I prefer to speak English inside the palace, General. It's part of my campaign to educate the people. As you wish, Your Majesty. Although I am afraid that campaign will be a short-lived one. What do you mean? The situation is actually very grave. What situation? Yours, Dano. What did you call me? Your name is Dano, is it not? Only royalty is permitted to address me so familiarly, General. You know that very well. Don't let us start behaving as if we were comic opera figures, Dano. The show is over. What are you getting at, Krennic? Speak up. Very well. At midnight last night, while the royal head was asleep on the royal pillow, I surrendered the royal army to our friends behind the Iron Curtain. You what? There was nothing left to do. Sire, we are completely surrounded, as you know. If they attacked, we would not have a chance. Besides, they are our friends. They merely want to help us uh, re-educate the people. Re-educate them? Enslave them, you mean? No, no, Krennic, you can't do this. I still outrank you here, and I will countermand the order. It is too late. Our soldiers have already surrendered their arms. Even now, the opposition is marching through the capital. And the officer's corps is with me. You must have planned long in advance, Krennic. It uh, took time. And your fee for turning traitor to your country? I don't like that word. It's true, isn't it? What about you? Where have you been all the while? You might have stopped me, but you were too interested in traveling about the world. Yes, that may be so. I've been away much more than I've been at home. But I wanted to learn new methods, modern ideas, better ways to improve the lot of our people. I assure you that I will do my utmost to carry on that noble idea, Your Majesty. You? Oh, I neglected to mention that our new friends and allies have appointed me Prime Minister. I see. It was inevitable. Very well. It was inevitable, as you say. How much time do I have to leave? But uh, you are not leaving, Dano. I'm not. 
It doesn't serve our interests to have you wandering about in the West. It might create sympathy for you and annoyance for us in many ways. Then what do you propose I do? Are you going to have me assassinated? Uh, that, too, would cause an unfavorable reaction. No, we uh, have decided on another course. Suicide. Suicide? Yes. You must be insane to propose a preposterous idea like that. But I'm sure you will agree to carry out our uh, suggestion. I'll agree to nothing of the kind. Oh, no, Krennic. If you're going to kill me, you'll have to do it yourself. And face a revolution. I happen to be popular with my people. Very popular, Dano. That is why suicide is such an excellent method. They will think of you as having gone insane, and you will soon be forgotten. You have your choice, Dano. Either you do as we say, or you face an uncomfortable week or two with uh, several very persuasive people. You mean... You'd try torture? Uh, an ugly word and uh, a bit of an understatement, too. I don't doubt it. Well? You leave me very little choice. You are lucky. It was only because of me that you were granted so easy a way out. I owe you my unending gratitude. Then we are in agreement. You will remove yourself, as it were, with your own hand. When? Now. He unstrapped his gun holster and took out his service revolver. With a polite bow, he handed the gun to me. For a moment, as I felt the barrel, I had an impulse. An impulse to pull the trigger and blast his grinning face but he seemed to read my thoughts, for his smile didn't falter as he said, I wouldn't if I were you. No? No. First of all, it would do you no good. There are many others who can take my place. And secondly, it would give our new government the opportunity to put you on trial for the murder of your most trusted officer. Then they would be able to hang you with the sympathy of the people. You have it all worked out, I see. To the last detail. May I have five minutes? Why prolong the agony? You might at least leave a man alone for a short time before he's about to die. Very well. Incidentally, there is only one bullet in that gun chamber. Make certain your aim is good. Uh, I would shoot through the roof of the mouth. It is neater. Thank you for the suggestion. You have five minutes. No more. Uh, lock the door to this throne room before you fire the shot. Lock the door? Why? the natural impulse of the suicide to avoid interruption. When I hear the report of the gun, I will try to enter the room. But the door will be barred. I will then call an emergency squad and force my way in. Your thoroughness is overwhelming, Krennic. It has always been one of my greatest assets. Well, I'll bid you goodbye now. Shake your hand for luck. I'd sooner shake hands with a ghoul. Suit yourself. But let me hear that revolver speak in five minutes, Dano. No longer. He stepped out of the door, and I bolted it, then moved over to the center of the room. I glanced at the gun in my hand and felt a slow wave of revulsion creep over my skin. The situation was ridiculous. 
I was king, head of the royal family. But what could I do? If I refused, I knew what lay ahead for me. But if I escaped... The minutes were slipping by and there was only one way of leaving the room. But I could hear Cranick outside with three or four henchmen. But perhaps I had one chance. A slim one, but worth taking. I waited until my five minutes were almost up. Then raised my gun and fired once. At the ceiling. Then I heard them try the door. A moment later... I heard them leave to look for the palace guard. And when I opened the door, I saw the corridor was clear. Hurry, you fools. Break the door down. I distinctly heard the shot, and I think the king has killed himself. Faster, faster. Everyone remain outside. I'll investigate myself. But he is. He is! Getting out of a palace is a simple matter for a man who's lived there all his life and who knows every nook in the dark. But the palace was one thing. Getting out of my own country was another. My face and head, moustached and heavily shocked with long hair adorned every postage stamp. I had been photographed a thousand times and could be recognized by any one of my subjects. Innocently, they would create a scene on seeing me that would soon have me back in Krennic's hands. So I had to disguise myself. But first, there was the problem of money. I had none on my person when I left the palace. But fortunately, I did have a large star sapphire ring. And I decided to chance selling it at a pawnbroker's. I slipped on a pair of sunglasses, pulled my coat collar high and my hat very low, and crossed my fingers. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't speak your language. I'm a British tourist. I speak English. It is our second language. Oh, good. What can I do for you? I want to uh, pawn a ring. Uh, may I see it, please? Yes, yeah. Mm. It's uh, just a short-term loan I want. I'm not asking for the maximum. I can give you 1,000 gestas. 1,000 gestas, that's about 200 pounds in English money. It's worth a great deal more. I'm sorry, that is all I can offer. I'll take it. Fill out the sleep, please. I bring the morning. Very well, but hurry, please. As I leaned over the counter to fill out the slip, my eyes were bothered by the sunglasses and I couldn't see very clearly. So, unthinkingly, I slipped them off and bent my head over the receipt he'd given me. A minute later, he returned, the money in his hand. I raised my head and he looked at me squarely. Your Majesty! What are you talking about? The king! The king in my shop! Give me that money! It is your Majesty!
Once out of the shop, I bought a pair of scissors and some shaving equipment. Then I stepped into a public washroom at the railway station, waited until it emptied, and went to work on my hair and moustache. Twenty minutes later, I'd made a fair attempt at disguising myself. I could walk the streets now if I was careful, but that was a far cry from walking across the frontier. I'd heard about a small cafe, a coffee shop where black market goods were traded, and a man could get almost anything he needed at a price. I found the place, sat down over a cup of coffee, and waited. Sorry, I, I don't speak the language. I'm a tourist. I asked if you wanted to change some money at a good rate. You have English pounds? No, just gestars. Oh. Uh, but I am in the market for something. Yes? What? A passport. Passport? Uh, I lost mine, you see. Then why not go to the British consulate for another? I can't. Oh, are they looking for you? Yes. Why? What difference does it make? I need a passport. If you have none to sell, stop wasting my time. Perhaps I can get you one if you can pay for it. How much do you want? How much have you got? Six hundred gestars. <laughs> for a forged passport? Nine hundred. That's all I've got. Oh, don't be ridiculous. For a passport, I can get... What are you looking at? I may be able to help you out at that. Really? I'll need uh, photographs. I'll get them for you. Good. Then meet me at this address here on the card. Upstairs. Room number 12. When? In one hour. All right. I'll be there. Um, by the way, what did you say your name was? I didn't say. But it's Welbley. Claude Welbley. Welbley. All right, Mr. Welbley. In one hour. But something in his voice gave me pause, and I decided to approach this rendezvous with caution. The address was in a poorer section of town, a decrepit house that advertised furnished rooms. I arrived 20 minutes ahead of time, but instead of going upstairs, I hid behind the staircase. Fifteen minutes later, my cafe friend arrived with a companion. He should be upstairs, General. Room number 12. Are you sure it was the king you spoke to? Oh, absolutely. He, he shaved his mustache and cut his hair very short. But I saw the royal crest on his tie glass. You were wise to contact me directly. Well, I had heard from certain sources that you have been looking for a high personage, General Kranich, and I knew it would pay me well to prove my loyalty to you. It will also pay you well to keep your mouth shut. The room is number 12, you say? Uh, yes. Wait here. Kranich drew another gun and slowly mounted the steps. My informer watched him go, his back towards my hiding place. As I heard a door open on the second story, I stepped out quickly, caught the informer behind his ear with the empty revolver I still retained. Uh, what's going on down there? Stop! Stop, you hear? As I raced out the door, I heard Kranich screaming behind me. There was no time now to lose myself in the streets. I had to get out of range of Kranich's bullets in a hurry. I rushed into the first building I reached just as his last shot whistled through the hem of my trench coat. It was a large hotel, patronized by tourists. 
and as I quickly mounted the stairs like a hunted animal, I wondered if Krennic had seen me enter. I had to find protection. And so when I thought I heard commotion behind me as I reached the third floor landing, I opened the first room door I came to and stepped inside. Well. Uh, I, I beg your pardon, miss. You might have knocked before coming in. Well, at any rate, you're here at last, and that's something. Is it? What's the matter with you? You're panting like a racehorse. You, you are the guide the travel bureau sent, aren't you? Uh, oh, y- yes. Yes, of course. I, I'm the guide, Miss... Uh... Carpenter. Eloise Carpenter. All right. Let's get started. Started? I want to see the city. Oh, the city. What on earth is wrong with you, anyway? Uh, no, nothing. I, I'd be glad to show you around, Miss Carpenter. Are you British? Why do you ask? Your accent. I thought they'd send a native guide. Oh, I know the city as well as any native does, Miss Carpenter. What's your name? Wellbley, but I'm usually referred to by my nickname, Danny. (laughs) Danny. That's more American than British. You're American, aren't you? A hundred percent. I'm rather fond of Americans. I mean, they're so easygoing and friendly. The American ambassador taught me your game of gin rummy when he You played cards with the American ambassador? Well, you see, uh, I was his guide for today. Oh. Where do you want to go first? The Royal Palace, of course. The Royal Palace? Yes, I'm dying to see what it looks like. Perhaps I'll even get a glimpse of the king. I don't think so. What? I I mean, the palace is closed. They don't allow visitors at this time of night. Oh, I have a special pass issued by General Krennic. My father got it for me. He's president of Interocean Airlines. How far is the palace from here? Five miles. It's much too far to go. Now, look here. My plane leaves at midnight, and I'm going to have a look at the king if it's the last thing I do. Have you ever seen the king? Many times. I've heard he's very handsome. Is that true? Well, he's um, fairly attractive, I'd say, and uh, quite susceptible to feminine charms. Gee, I'd give anything to meet him. Perhaps before you leave, I can arrange that, too. It had suddenly occurred to me that with Krennic on the streets searching for me, I'd be fairly safe going through the palace in the role of a guide with this American girl. And if I could manage to get into my own private apartments, I could make out a certificate of diplomatic immunity for myself that would get me across the frontier. But in order to do it, I needed the royal seal, which was on my desk. So I decided to take the risk. Half an hour later, we were inside the palace. And as I guided her through the wide corridors that led to my rooms, I kept a sharp eye open for surprises. Follow me, Miss Carpenter. You certainly know your way around here, Danny. I've been here before. Oh, wait. What is it? This painting on the wall. Who is he? Uh, That's the king. Oh. Oh, what? He's not as good-looking as I thought he'd be. The artist didn't do him justice. Oh. Is he married? No, thank goodness. What? He's never met the right girl. (laughs) Choosy, isn't he? Come along, Miss Carpenter. What's the big hurry? I've got two hours before my plane leaves and my luggage is at the airport. It's getting late. Even though your special pass got us in here very easily, we'll be asked to leave any moment now. Uh, Come this way. You, You have a key to that door? It's part of a guide's equipment. Inside. Why so cautious walking as though you're afraid of being... Why are you going into that desk drawer? I'm looking for something. I'll be busy for a minute or two. Make yourself at home. Whose apartment is this? The king's. His private rooms? Yes. Look, 
I don't think we ought to be in here. You've got my permission. Your permission? What are you writing on that paper? Would you please stop asking silly questions and sit down? Well. The seal. Where is that seal? There's ah. something fishy going on around here. I don't believe you're a guide at all. You're quite right, I'm not. I happen to be the king. Dano the third, Miss Carpenter. The king? I don't have time to explain, but you must listen and believe me. My life is in danger. I've got to get out of the country. But, but what you the... have a seat on the plane tonight. Where does it go? To Paris. Paris, good. You must get another ticket for me. But, but suppose the plane is full. Miss Carpenter, I'm depending on you. No matter what happens between now and the time the plane leaves, look for me at the airport. But what about the customs? They won't stop me, not with this document. I've made it out to Claude Welbley, giving him complete customs immunity and signed and sealed by the king. Oh. It won't be questioned. Don't move or I will shoot to kill. Krennic. Who are you? King Dano's bodyguard. This man is a hired assassin. Assassin? Then listen to him, Miss Carpenter. I think you'd better leave the palace, young lady, and say nothing about this matter to anyone on the outside. I know who you are, and I assure you that you will not receive notorious publicity in regard to this. I, I don't think I understand. This man is a traitor to his country, not the king's bodyguard, as he claims. If anything happens to me, you must say the king was murdered, do you hear? Murdered by traitors and foreign enemies. But who are you, really? I'm so confused. I now. am the king, Miss Carpenter. You can see you are dealing with a madman. You saw the king's portrait. Does this man look like that picture? No. No, he doesn't. Then I suggest you go and leave him to me. Very well. Miss Carpenter. I'm lucky I'm still alive. <laughs> and so are you, Dano. But your luck is running out. So it seems. You were a fool to try to get away. Now you have made it easier for me. Have I? Your body will be identified as an enemy saboteur sent to murder the king. And how will you explain the king's absence? Very simply. The assassin succeeded. We will proclaim a state of mourning and a royal funeral for an empty casket, of course. These things can be arranged. Someday, Krennic, you'll find yourself on the wrong end of the gun, in front of a firing squad. Meanwhile, it is you who faces the business end, Dano. Goodbye. Or, as we say in our native language, Ashti Preznik. Good riddance. <laughs> I stiffened with the shot, expecting the sting of steel through my heart. But it was Krennic who fell to the floor at my feet. I turned, and there behind me was Cherik, my friend and valet, with a smoking revolver in his hand. Cherik! Hurry, Your Majesty. You must leave the palace. But what about you, Cherik? Never mind about me. It's your safety that counts. No, I can't leave now. They'll hang you. Don't worry about me, sire. I shot him to protect my king. It was either his life or yours. They won't catch me. Quickly. Go through the open terrace window where I came in. The gardens are clear. Hurry! But I still had to get a place on board the plane for Paris. And when I reached the airport, they told me the plane was fully booked. I tried to talk my way into a seat, but it was no use. Just as I had freedom in my fingers, it was slipping away again. But I've got to have a seat, I tell you. There must be an open booking. The girl's right, Danny. The plane's full. I bought the last seat an hour ago. Oh, Miss Carpenter. And I bought it for you. How can I repay you? Very simply. Just send me an autographed picture so I can brag about really meeting a king. That was two years ago. And since then, I've been enjoying the world at my leisure. 
Although I must admit that working for a living has its drawbacks. However, I have my compensations. And I see that my most fortunate compensation is approaching our table now. Your Majesty. What is it, Cherik? It's your turn to be host at dinner tonight. What would you like me to prepare? Use your own discretion, Cherik, but uh, keep a steady eye on the royal purse. I'll deliver the usual invitations, of course, to King Randolph, King Alex, and King Rupert. Yes, and tell Rupert we won't take offense if he's a bit tardy. I understand he's driving his taxi on the second shift now. Meanwhile, I must attend to business, Cherik. And this American gentleman is anxious to visit the Prince's Palace. With your permission, sir, I lead the way. The Royal Palace, as you know, is occupied by the reigning monarch. At present, Prince... In the animal world, there is the hunter and the hunted. Hound and fox, hawk and sparrow, chicken and worm. But who is to judge precisely which is the pursuer or the pursued as we enter the chase? The chase was created for the National Broadcasting Company by Lawrence Clee. Heard in the cast were Lloyd Bachner, Anne Sargent, William Podmore, Peter Capel, and Danny Ocko. The chase is directed and transcribed by Fred Way. Fred Collins speaking. Next week, a new star makes a brief appearance on the Hollywood horizon. A star who is pursued relentlessly and finally cornered in The Chase. Listen to the latest Prisoner of War news tonight on NBC.